Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. everybody. It's Monday, January 9th, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. As a reminder, the presentation has been prepared by me for use with you, whether you are a financial advisor or an individual investor. Regardless, you are expected to make your own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation is investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any security. Everything is for informational purposes only. We are off to a great start to 2023. Equity prices rose across the board last week, as did uh, bond prices. You can see here real strong performance, the biggest strength coming from emerging markets, uh, China continuing to trade on the reopening, uh, some positive inflation data, although negative economic growth data. We had, remember earlier, we had strong economic data, which was a negative because it meant the Fed was going to continue to raise rates. Now that data is softening, it means we're getting closer to the end of the Fed raising rates. So the market reacted positively last week. And so far here on Monday, it's reacting positively again. Although the week the month and the year are in the very, very early stages. Let's get into last week's economic data. Largely disinflationary, that's largely seen as good news as far as the end of Fed tightening or when the end of Fed tightening may take place. Let's start with the two manufacturing PMIs. We got one from S&P Global. It fell again, two in, still in contraction territory. That's two consecutive months of contraction, 46.2. That's a negative. Uh, ISM manufacturing, also second consecutive uh, negative month, fell from 49 to 48.4. New orders continued to drop 45.2 and production fell. Remember it was just a year or so ago that we were very focused on um, you know, production backlogs, supply chain issues, those are all behind us now. Although employment rose a little bit, that was the one positive. This graph is busy, but interesting. Takes the ISM new orders, that's new manufacturing orders, minus current inventories. So when that number is, when it's positive, when it's in the green here, that means new orders exceed the level of inventories, that means economic growth, et cetera. When it turns negative, means new orders are below the level of inventories. There's no need to continue to ramp up production. There's no inflationary pressure put on the means of production. Uh, what the bad news there is it could lead to recession if it's left to continue, if the Fed continues to aggressively tighten uh, in spite of all the evidence of a significant uh, slowdown and all the evidence of a reduction in inflationary pressure. On the services side, much bigger part of the economy, if you remember the S&P Global services PMI has been below 50 now for 
six consecutive months, and it fell again, or excuse me, yeah, fell again to, uh, to 44.7, a little bit above expectations. The ISM number, which had been, remember, stubbornly above 50, now has joined, um, uh, has joined the S&P global number at sub 50 reading, meaning the services sector no doubt contracted in the month of December. That came in at 49.6. It surprised markets. Markets were expecting 55. Why then, with all this bad news, does the market rally? Because it means that the Fed is having the intended impact on inflation, and the market, rightly or wrongly, may be discounting when the federal funds rate will reach that terminal rate, terminal being the highest rate it's going to be before it starts uh, easing up a little bit. Construction spending for the month of November was up two tenths, up eight and a half from a year ago. Residential construction spending fell five tenths of a percent. Auto sales continue to be in the doldrums. So even though we've gotten through a lot of the supply chain issues, even though we've gotten through many of the semiconductor chip shortage issues, they're just not there. Fell from 14 million to 13 million. And you can see prior to the COVID pandemic, U.S. was really running around 16 million. Many reasons for this, cost, affordability, lingering supply chain impacts, and the bottom line is cars are lasting far longer than ever before. And there's also a substitution effect. People are having to pay more because of interest rates for their home. That dissuades them from buying other things like motor vehicles, cleaning up that balance sheet, and that income statement if you're thinking about getting a loan. Uh, and then again, as I mentioned, just the fact that cars are lasting longer. Job openings are coming down, but they're still elevated. There's still 1.7 openings for every unemployed person as job openings fell from 10.5 to 10.45. Uh, still elevated. We need to see that continue to come down. The Fed wants this to come down. The Fed is worried about wage inflation driving overall inflation at this point. In terms of the uh, trade deficit, November trade deficit fell a little bit from 78 billion in October to 61 billion. That was below expectations. That's a positive for GDP. And so we're seeing the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker actually ticking higher lately, even despite some of the bad reports. Um, it, is, it is what it is. Okay, moving on. Uh, Big thing last week was the two employment reports, ADP and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but we start on Thursday with weekly claims for unemployment, that's initial jobless claims. It fell to 204,000. So despite significant economic slowdown, despite modestly tightening financial conditions with the exception of the last couple of weeks where they seem to have eased, jobless claims are at a level consistent with solid economic growth. Um, because there had been that mismatch for such an extended period of time. This is giving the Fed the cover it needs to continue to firmly apply the brake pedal with the higher Fed funds rate and the significant balance sheet runoff. Let's take a look at the two, starting with ADP. Private payrolls grew 235,000, well above the 150,000 uh, estimate. Small firms added 195,000 of those, big numbers. And uh, November was revised higher from 127 to 182. Very significant, uh, strong jobs growth. 
and it really doesn't jive uh, with the with the ISM and the S&P Global Manufacturing and Services Sector reports. Uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which puts out a similar jobs report to ADP, just uses different methodology. They say private payrolls gained 220,000 on top of a 200,000 gain in November. And the unemployment rate remains very low, what most economists would consider full employment at three and a half percent. Average hourly earnings continue to rise. This is certainly good. The great promise of capitalism was a rising tide for all. But at the same time, if those wages rise too high, then, then costs are rising. That goes through to prices, which causes inflation. And remember, the Fed has a statutory mandate to fight inflation. They call it maintaining price stability. So seeing this come down is actually good, but it needs to come back down more. They need to see uh, average hourly earnings more in this 3% range, three, three and a half, maybe even 4% range, but 4.6 is still considered uh, providing some inflationary pressure. Factory orders in November fell a little bit after gaining in October. It's a volatile series. We don't read too much into it, although the size of that decline is pretty substantial, uh, not unheard of. You can see many of those which were not in recessionary periods, so not a big deal. So everybody says, sort of what's your opinion for 23? We gave you a fair amount last week, uh, but let's talk about it. We have um, we have an issue, right? If, if, earn, if, if the ISMs are going down, you would think earnings would be going down, yet what will they do in 23? We don't know. Will they benefit from cost cutting? Will they benefit from investments in cap, capital expenditures and technology, things that make businesses and companies more efficient? We don't know. This is showing quarterly earnings for the S&P 500 going back to the beginning of 2021. You can see 47.04 jumps to 49.56. Again, 51, 52.70, 52. A little bit of a blip in the first quarter of 22. But then second quarter jumped 55.76. Small decline in the third quarter. And fourth quarter is expected to decline again as is the first quarter of 23. But then in the second quarter of 23, by the way, we're already in the first quarter, right? By the second quarter of 23, we're looking at a 6% quarter over quarter increase in earnings per share of the S&P 500. If that's right, then we're probably somewhere near the bottom. I'm not convinced it's right. I'm, I'm thinking that the analysts are just waiting for fourth quarter earnings to come out, which start next week, and then they will get guidance on the first and second quarter and the, and the year 2023. And I think this number will probably come down. So as I've said before, I think January and February will be a little rocky still, even though we had a great first week and so far this morning, things are up again. I just think investors should remember that's part of investing. I don't think there's action to be taken. We've already taken action in the portfolios by reducing risk over the last year. Uh, we have some T-bills and some cash. We have a T-bill ETF, I should say, in the portfolio. And if we do get a big sell-off, uh, we're probably going to put that to work in anticipation of a recovery. I don't think you want to trade in advance of what I think will happen, which is a reduction in the second quarter earnings estimate sometime here in the next two to three weeks. We'll be watching it and we'll of course let you know. In terms of economic data this week, consumer credit here this morning, 
Small business optimism and wholesale inventories on Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday, regular jobless claims on Thursday. But here's the big one, CPI on Thursday. The consensus is flat, 0.0 on a month over month basis. Still, of course, the year over year number will be high. The core year over year number will be high. But if that number comes in at zero, maybe even a little lower, you could get a little bit more uh, relief rally. Another reason why you don't wanna trade my, my thoughts on those earnings estimates. Important export prices on Friday along with consumer sentiment. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget this is available as a podcast. Slaying bulls and bears We make the complex and complicated simple and sensical. Thanks everybody. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.